Hello, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Peter Doherty. I'm a Catholic priest and a psychologist who integrates both psychology and scripture studies to understand the Gospels and to seek out new pastoral teachings for Christians in these modern times. The Gospel for today's podcast is from John chapter 3, verse 14 to 21. This Gospel will be read in churches on March the 10th, 2024. Today's Gospel is from John. I'd like to point out a few things about this Gospel. Linguistic scholars suggest that the Gospel of John was written about 125 AD. That's over 100 years after the birth of Jesus. Likely then, the Gospel of John was not written by John himself, but by the community that he founded. What is also noteworthy is that John's Gospel is quite different from the other Gospels. Likely, the writers of John's Gospel had more time to reflect on the events and teachings. Of course, they would incorporate their reflections in their, in their memories of what happened. John's Gospel is often difficult to preach on because these reflections themselves need some explanation and to be heard in the context in which they were read, or written. Sorry. Let's look at today's Gospel. This Gospel focuses on the teachings of Jesus to Nicodemus. To situate this Gospel, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, had gone to see Jesus in the middle of the night. He went in the middle of the night because he did not want his colleagues in the Sanhedrin to know that he was speaking to Jesus. Apparently, Jesus is not faced by this and talks to Nicodemus in the moment. We don't know for sure what exactly were the questions that Nicodemus had or what prompted the visit. Clearly, Jesus had a great deal to teach Nicodemus. Jesus refers to to the staff of a bronze serpent. While the Israelites were wandering around in the desert after their escape from Egypt, they were apparently punished for their lack of faith by being attacked by snakes. With God's direction, Moses erected a bronze staff of a snake to cure the people who were bitten by snakes. If they looked upon the staff and believed, they would be healed. This event is described in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verse 4 to 9. Incidentally, the bronze serpent on a staff was adopted by the medical profession as a symbol of medicine. Jesus uses the metaphor of the bronze serpent being lifted up as a symbol of when he himself would be raised up on the cross, bringing the living and true source of healing and reconciliation. The rest of the gospel focuses on Jesus talking about his mission. He is sent to lead people to eternal life. God is not condemning his people. But his message is being offered, what is being offered to them is eternal life. Interestingly, Jesus makes it clear that we are not meriting eternal life. We simply have to believe. People have a hard time with this, still under the impression that we have to merit this invitation. And the invitation could be taken away at any time for any infraction of the rules. We can see there is no support in, in the Gospels for this. I wonder, however, if for so many people, love is experienced as conditional, based on personal merit. Jesus gives another example of, of light and darkness. This is a very popular theme in the Gospel of John. Jesus came to bring the light, but people preferred the darkness. I wonder what the light means. In the days before electricity, lighting was not as simple as pushing a switch. Without light, people would stumble in the dark and were not fully aware of their surroundings. I propose that light is knowledge, awareness, transparency, accountability, and truth. These are the characteristics that lead to personal and ultimately spiritual growth.
What then is the darkness? What happens when we are in the dark? The most significant point about being in the darkness is the lack of awareness. When we are in the darkness, we are unaware and feel lost. I also want to point out that light is essential for life. Research has shown that we need light. One of the causes of depression is a lack of sunlight. People often experience depression during the winter months due to the lack of sunlight. Seasonal affective disorder is treated with light therapy. The patient is under a special light that mimics the sun's rays. It's actually called light or phototherapy. I'd like to go on to develop the theme of light and darkness some more. I don't want to go overboard, but I'd like to add more dimension to the theme of light and darkness. The light we see is actually a combination of all colors. Just look at the rainbow, where sunlight is broken up into its multiple colors. Light is a symbol of diversity. I wonder if it's just a coincidence or another level of the metaphor. I find it fascinating that a metaphor used over 2,000 years ago is still relevant today. I want to draw your attention to the fact that Jesus reminds Nicodemus that he did not come into the world to condemn it. I notice that so often people view the world as either or, bad versus good, rich versus poor, saved versus condemned, and a basically us versus them mentality. Likely this approach worked with our cave man or woman ancestors, when a stranger would be either seen as potential friend or foe. There was nothing in between. I suspect that we are hardwired to put people in categories. We may be hardwired, but Jesus is not. I am concerned when people talk with an either-or attitude and make judgments about who is saved and who is condemned. Jesus is not going to get into this perspective and is encouraging Nicodemus to see God in a different light and have a much richer perspective. We see this same, same theme in Mark chapter 9, verse 38 to 41. In this passage, Jesus is told that someone else is driving out demons, and the disciple thinks they should stop this person because the other person is not one of them. Jesus reminds his disciples that they do not own God's forgiveness, and God can work on many levels with different people. And Jesus is not interested in the us-them mentality. I invite you to read about Lawrence Kohlberg's Stages of Moral Development. Before I go any further, let me first state that there are many other theories of moral development. So if you have a preference for another theorist, that's okay. I'm using Kohlberg because he's well known. It's not a perfect theory, but I can use it to make my point. The six stages that Kohlberg talks about can give us some idea of why people do what they do. The theorists recognize that people grow in their understanding of morality. Also, people may do the exact same thing, but for different reasons. I urge you to read up on this, about his theories, if you haven't done so already. His last name is spelled Kohlberg, K-O-H-L-B-E-R-G. Kohlberg makes the point that morality is not static and, began, and can be on different levels of development. Like all aspects of our lives, personal morality can mature like any other aspect of the person. Faith, like morality, has, it has also different levels of maturity. Jesus is clearly on the highest level of morality, and he's trying to encourage Nicodemus, and ultimately us, his followers, to see the bigger picture and move up a level. It's not clear if Nicodemus understands Jesus, but he got plenty to think about. So often Christians conform to rules to avoid punishment. 
A faith that is based on avoiding sin is not going to move people to an adult faith. The opposite is true. A faith that is based on receiving rewards is not going to develop into an adult faith. People who just focus on their own personal salvation will only lead to a self-focused faith. We clearly see this in Gospel, Jesus talking about personal responsibility, not a punishment reward like faith that seems so prominent in our society. Clearly, Jesus wants people to grow in their faith based on a loving and committed relationship with God instead of a fear-based, critical connection that passes as religion. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join me next week when I examine the unique perspective Jesus has on life and death. If this is the first time you've heard my podcast and you're interested in hearing more, I urge you to listen to my podcast listed on the website. Every Sunday, I release a new podcast focusing on the gospel for the following week. I invite you to listen to all the podcasts, and I hope the reflections are useful to you. The link is https colon backslash backslash a underscore psychologist underscore looks underscores at underscore scripture dot buzzsprout dot com. If you have any questions or concerns, I can be reached by email at peter dot doherty omi at gmail dot com. That's Doherty, D-O-H-E-R-T-Y-O-M-I, at gmail.com. I would like to take this opportunity before we close to thank Mr. Richard Coulomb for serving as a reviewer for this podcast. Take care and God bless.